whoop, 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 everybody. Oh, Mother giddy. truckers. Hi, and whoop, whoop to you, my dear listener. This is a podcast called Think Outside the Box Set, and it's a podcast about artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And today, well, I'm Nathan Hunt. And that's Cameron DeWitt. I'm and Cameron what are we DeWitt. talking about today, Cameron? <laughs> who who better to represent that log line than our season two artist? Fuck yeah. Insane clown posse. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're they checking back in. The strangest group with the strangest following. And uh, let's, for people who are new to the show, um, we started listening to all of Garth Brooks' albums. This is the beginning of season eight right now. Right. Uh, season two, we took a hard left turn and listened to mm-hmm. all of ICP's albums. It must have been like 14, 13 or 14 episodes. Yeah. Um, I and the show almost died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there we were some really, really awesome moments. And um, it really was an absence make the, makes the heart grow fonder kind of situation. I was really excited to revisit ICP to Me talk too. about their newest album that just came out, Fearless Fred Fury. Me too. I was really excited to check back in with them. Um, why? Why were you excited? I think, like, I think I have a lot of like warm feelings for ICP, and I, um, I appreciate and respect them a lot more than I used to. Yeah, yeah. and. I think there's a lot to love about ICP and the the culture, the family that they've created. And uh, totally. And like when we're not listening to all their albums back to back, I think it's easier to forgive some of their less like um, strong moments. Qualities. Their less enduring qualities. <laughs> their less strong moments. Uh, the way that they kind of keep writing the same song over and over again. Yes. <laughs> it, it's a lot to just like binge all of ICP at once. Yeah, that may have been better. At like, <laughs> like, let's have ICB be, ICP be like a, ICB. a nasty palette. ICB. <laughs> Insane clown uh, bossy. <laughs> let's have it be like a nasty little palette cleanser in between each season and then spread it out. Like, that maybe nasty that would have been a better. little palette cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh palette dirtier oh boy yeah um, so he, he, coming coming uh fresh off of slayer um what i loved about icp in this album mm-hmm. is how uh lighthearted and funny they are yeah and how their songs they're are really, actually about things yeah they're really goofy and they have a lot of um ideas they have a lot of ideas they have a lot of ideas <laughs> Yeah, and um, uh, at the end of the day, they're also like, I just kind of believe them. I think they're really earnest. Yeah. And sometimes they're earnest about some really shitty stuff, Mm -hmm. but I really appreciate how kind of vulnerable and unfiltered they are, Uh, especially coming from Slayer, who they were just these sort of like thoughtless bros. And I thought we were going to get something a little more substantial. And I was into the idea of doing Slayer for similar reasons as I was interested in doing ICP. But uh, then they just totally failed me in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It was good to get back to ICP and uh, yeah, get some good goofs. I think this is a good album too. 
I do too. I, I, think, I can't tell if I would like this at all if I hadn't listened to, yeah, I hadn't spent so much time with ICP. Oh, and maybe yeah. that doesn't yeah, matter. Me too. But I feel like their last several albums before this one, they were like much more serious, much less goofy, and much more like just kind of fairly shitty conventional suburban morality tales of like, you know, they, they were like reflecting back on their inner city life and being like, yeah, and these people, uh, they ruin their lives with drugs and they deserve to be in jail, you know? And this one, yes. it feels like kind of a return to form of just like goofy clowning and, um, yeah, some of that performative violence um, and a, some social commentary actually that is more uh, open-hearted than some of the stuff they were getting into. And it, it's less like yeah. uh, it's less like evangelical Christian than some of their last stuff. It's true because <laughs> they at some point they were just like, "Hey, by the way, the Dark Carnival is God, and we're not sorry that they that we tricked you." Yeah, <laughs> which was a bizarre turn of events. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This one was a little less um, theist. Yeah, and I appreciated that. I really liked what they're doing on this album musically too because. Uh, it's really good. The production's awesome. Yeah, super fun. They updated it a lot. They have tons of different DJs and producers on this one. Um, there's not a lot of like circusy music, which I always love when they do that. Um, but I really liked the the way the songs are produced and the the like loops and stuff that they use. And also, ICP in some of these songs, it sounds like they're actually listening to other rappers. Like for the first time in a long yes. time, it sounds like their flow is influenced by other rappers that they're listening to. I heard a fair amount of what I perceive to be Kendrick influence. Yeah. I could totally hear that too on this album. Yeah. There's this one song, I forget what it is, but like Shaggy two dope was specifically doing this like kind of high pitched. I don't think I got a sample of it, but he's doing this like high pitched sound that, um, cadence that really sounds like this one song off of to pimp a butterfly where Kendrick has this, um, he plays this character. If I remember right, it's like a, uh, someone who's shaming Kendrick for his success and leaving behind, um, Compton and, um, how much this character is still struggling. And he's speaking in this voice breaking high pitched, um, sing song timbre. Um, and I was like, wow, this sounds exactly like that pimp to pimp a butterfly song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also like a couple straight up trap beats in yeah. this album. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. wow. There's a SoundCloud rap, as you pointed out in the uh, Discord. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> There's a sad SoundCloud rap. Yeah. I, I love the yeah. way that they talk about this album too. Violent J, during the uh, 2017 Juggalo Show radio show, he announced that he had received the name, face, and backstory for this album via an, quote, email in his brain. <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, is it though, Cameron? There are so many poets who basically say that exact thing in different words. Who say like, yeah, you just open yourself up to like, you know, the ineffable or the transcendent and you, it's not you writing the poems. They just like come into you as by a, email. As a yeah. <laughs> by yeah. email, by, by Yahoo mail. <laughs> yeah. Hotmail <laughs> brain yeah. at hotmail.com. Yeah. So I opened up my brain's outlook, <laughs> Microsoft outlook for my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, also, this is a it's a Joker's card, and it has like a fairly it has like a fairly strong concept, which is not something they always do. Some of them are like pretty loose, like what the concept is actually about, and then it doesn't really show up on the album at all. But this one, like this Red Fred character, um, keeps showing up and keeps uh getting like name checked in the songs and it sort of comes down to just like the phrase fight back and they have some interesting songs about like how much are you going to take before you fight back it's it's like the the problem of like the bully it's like when you keep getting bullied like at what point do you snap and fight back and i think this fearless fred fury uh red fred character is kind of like a personification in some ways of like that impulse to fight back. And then I think I can't tell if it, if they do it on purpose, it's a little unclear whether that's seen as a, as a, as like a good thing for this Fred Fury it's, character, red Fred. Rather. He's kind of like, he's kind of like Tyler Durden in that scene where he takes that, uh, the clerk out back and like holds a gun to his head. And I think he makes him promise to like, He's going to check in on him in two weeks. And if he's not well on his way to becoming a veterinarian or whatever, then he's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, but like a little less violent. Cause in this one, um, Fred, fearless Fred, red Fred, uh, Fred's just going to beat you up. He's going to hit you in the face a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the biggest threat <laughs> and it might piss you off. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Which I kind of appreciate. Those are the stakes. Let me get the shit kicked out of you by this like shitty dude. Yeah. Ghost. Yeah. Uh so do you want to just get into the songs? Yeah, let's let's just go into the intro. Let's talk about the intro. Okay. Let's go into the intro. Possess these traits, or do you let others walk all over? You cry and complain about the conditions of your very existence. If so, there are some who are angered by your constant lack of self-respect. Yeah, so I didn't get a ton of the intro because of you know right. fair use reasons and whatnot, but uh, it kind of kind of lays out what this whole uh, Red Fred thing is. Yeah, in a typical ICP intro style right Um, except for in this album i think they actually follow the red fred thread uh throughout the album pretty um pretty faithfully but not too much Mm -hmm. so yeah uh so uh, red fred is a fearless fred fury is a powerful being from the dark carnival his fury towards you is measured by your own lack of self-respect. Yeah, that kind of feels like approaching. victim blaming a little bit. It does. And this is the main kind of thing that I struggle with with this uh, idea, you know, because the issue with victim blaming mm-hmm. <laughs> is that some people uh, are actual victims and then some people aren't. Um, right. It, and in the past, ICP hasn't, I don't think they've been very trustworthy in in di- uh, distinguishing, discerning between who's an actual victim and who's not. Uh, sometimes, you know, they've done a lot of uh, addict shaming right. and blaming, yeah. you know, or things like that, or like blaming of um, sex workers, things like that. Uh, but um, 
in this song, I think there's a, I, I wonder mm-hmm. if there aren't, if there isn't a contingent of, you know, the jugglos, they, they're, they're these group, it's this group of misfits, right? Right. Um, people who don't feel like they fit in. Um, and we're learning more and more that, uh, nerds and geeks and people who don't fit in, uh, aren't always harmless. Sometimes people who don't, who feel disenfranchised are actually really dangerous. And sometimes, uh, they maybe don't realize the actual power that they have and are acting powerless and acting out because they are, think that they're powerless and maybe they actually do need, you know, a sort of red Fred to like, be like, Hey, not fucking knock it off. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, there's like about like, incels you know for instance yeah yeah that's that's probably a good example um yeah there there's like i remember um i think it was dr phil there was some like there was a a friend of mine their family used to watch dr phil and it would just be like on when i went to their house and i overheard some of it i think it was him that used the phrase like dumb dora doormat and that was like his his like characterization of women who let men uh, push them around and like mistreat them. Even yeah. if it didn't like go into full fledged abuse, it was just like, he talked about like the doormat and don't be a doormat. And I think, I don't know. There's like, there's like, there's a lot there where it's like, are you victim blaming? Or are you trying to get someone to realize their own power and stand up for themselves? Um, yeah. Cause at a, at a certain point it can be very helpful for someone to just be like, to like, you know, you know, uh, wake you up and be like, Hey, Hey, wake up. You gotta, st- you gotta stop letting this happen. You know, you can't let people walk all over you, that kind of thing. So maybe as we listen, as we talk about these individual songs, we can just be like, okay, is this song about, um, someone that, you know, red Fred is mad at, um, or would be mad at even if red Fred isn't specifically brought up. And then do we think that that is a good target for red Fred? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the intro. It's like not very long. Um, just a, just a monologue. Yeah. And it talks about his pet rap rat, his pet rat flip. And so, that's from, uh, an EP from last fall, I believe. Yeah. They released an EP that was, I guess, more or less centered on this rat flip who is the pet of, uh, red Fred. Yeah. So Man, there, there's like that's a really deep weird mythology to- <laughs> here, which they don't always uh, have for their albums. Flip is probably my favorite Philadelphia rapper. I think he might go by DJ Flip, but I once saw him. Um, he came to <laughs> one of my uh, like rock school um, summer camps, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> he uh, he freestyled for like seven minutes straight um, about like he 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 every kid took out like something in their pocket, you know, mm-hmm. and he and he he freestyled about something in everyone's pocket. Whoa. Like there were like 50 people in the room and he just got everyone and every single thing, like the way he incorporated every single thing was super clever and he's amazing. Wow. Everyone, look up the, look up the, the good flip <laughs> DJ, <laughs> the, the non rat Philly, not the rat. I'm sure that one sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's amazing that people can do that. It was incredible it was like a mid-tempo like thing but he his flow was just like perfect and he the way he would like work and it's like oh he still hasn't mentioned it you know it'd be like three lines in. it's like oh fuck there it is yeah 
<laughs> and he would always like work it in like, okay, this one, I'm going to work in the prompt, like halfway through the phrase, this one, I'm going to leave this entire quatrain without the prompt. And then you think I'm like forgetting it. And then the, the very next words are the prompt, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. he's just constantly playing with the expectation. It was very melodic. It was cool. That's awesome. That, that always just makes me like the, the, the way that people can do that. And the fact that they can do it always just makes me think of you, you like read these descriptions of like court poets in the 1400s who could just like, yes, extemporize these enormously long, like perfectly uh, formed, poems that like had a consistent rhythm and like rhymed in all these elaborate ways and it's just like how do people like do that how do they just extemporize in that way yeah some people are just like magic i wish i could be charmingly unconcise (laughs) well you've got one of those points covered <laughs> wow! <laughs> hey, uh, should we just go on to just like straight on to yeah. track two? Because I feel like the first three tracks are all connected. Yeah. There you go. Fight back. That's like Fight the uh, back. Yeah, that's sort of like the uh, the watchword of this album. And on Genius, they consistently spelled it F I T E B A C K. Right. Fight back. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a officially Juggalo branded word or what. ICP, I think at their best is like their their gang vocal. Uh, it's it's always so cool. Yeah, like it's I I love that. It's the, really the cool in this back. song. In this song, it's constant throughout the whole thing. Um, that like call and response, like nah, no, no, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um. So yeah, it's this is where they start fleshing out the Red Fred concept. Um. And I don't know if I understand it super well. Yeah, yes, Fred's there both in life and in death. Fred begins when you when ain't nothing left. Fred won't hurt you, no, he'll do worse. When Fred's nearby screaming a curse, Fred is your agony source. Fred's punishment's void of remorse. Your bloodshed is Fred's uniform. Fred's all around you like a swarm. I don't know if I really get it. Yeah. Well, I think Shaggy is a little more clear, for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Get punished. Motherfucker. You've been had ho shit. You've been a sad ho, a sad motherfucking sorry sack of pussy shit. Yeah. Huh. Scared to get yours. Scared to have nuts. Red Fred going to punish you for being a pussy hole. And since you a pussy hole, get fucked. Motherfucker. <laughs> There's a lot of pussy hole talk on this uh, album. That phrase gets yeah. thrown around liberally. Yeah, might be the little Wayne influence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like I, I think I wish. I mean this this point has been beaten to death, so I won't say it for long. But like everyone already knows that like testicles are f- the fragile things, <laughs> right? Know? Yeah, like 
<laughs> and that like vaginas are the opposite of that. Um, and it does, it just doesn't make any sense, you know, and it's like, yeah, playing into this patriarchy to, to call someone gay as an insult or to say, um, that to be entered is to be weak. Right. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of talking about like having dicks in your butt and it's, and you should get a dick in your butt cause you're uh, a pussy or something. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some of that on this album and we've struggled with that on ICP, um, throughout their entire career. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've listened to every album. Yeah. And ultimately like I, I don't, well, I don't know. It's, it's just stupid and lazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're being purposefully like malicious or purposefully. And they, and they have the capacity to be, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. We know we're not trying to, they can be much shittier uh, be than they uh, are <laughs> about yeah. this. Um, yeah, actually that, that reminds me like, um, I don't know. I was, I was listening to, uh, John Roderick, uh, of the band, the long winters. He has a couple podcasts and I've been listening to Roderick on the line, which is the one he does with Merlin Mann. And uh, at one point he started talking about this panel he was on at a conference. And w- one of the people also on the panel was a juggalo. And this, co- this conference was like going off the rails and everything was like falling apart. And at, at some point, like people in the audience, like got up to a mic and like read some ICP lyrics and said to the juggalo, like defend this, like, how can you sit there and, you know, say that you are into this music when, you know, it has this, you know, misogynist, uh, homophobic kind of stuff. And, um, I was, you know, John Roderick is telling this story and I was kind of expecting John Roderick to be, um, he, he, he always surprises me because sometimes I expect him to be critical of some things. Like he definitely, uh, makes fun of, uh, what, what he calls, what he calls pan man, which is like guys who wear Hawaiian shirts and flip flops and have goatees and puka shells and like, you know, hot sauce and everything. Um, and he is fairly contemptuous of like Macklemore haircutted lumber sexuals and like, you know, all that stuff. Um, but he really seems to have a respect for juggalo culture that I really appreciated. And so him telling the story was like, yeah. And then this, this juggalo guy said like, you know, after being confronted by these misogynist and violent lyrics and the juggalo just like takes a, takes a beat and is like, well, starts talking about the family that ICP has created and that how some of these violent lyrics and violent aesthetics dr- uh, work to draw in disaffected people, often young men. And then br- it brings them into this positive community that rechannels what could be destructive tendencies into positive ones. and. Um, I think that is something that happens in a lot of music scenes or subcultures like metal, for instance. Um, Yes. But juggalos seem to like the juggalo culture seems to really appeal to like some of the more out there misfits and people who have been like left behind in the rust belt in broken down towns where there's no jobs anymore. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was just like thinking about like, you know, I wonder to what extent they mean any of this stuff or if it, if it's kind of like a performative um almost like a performative toxic masculinity as a way of like drawing in people where they then can learn from like the positive community that like oh yeah 
we know a bunch of gay juggalos and they're super cool. And I never met a gay person before I started hanging out with juggalos. You yeah, know, like that because kind of thing. because they were isolated, and then when you have a big enough community, it's eventually going to invite some diversity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, like, I kind of wonder about that. I also don't want to just necessarily give them a pass on some of this stuff. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's definitely something I, I am chewing over quite a bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Also, um, speaking of juggalos and subcultures and stuff uh on the discord all listeners out there sign up for the discord it's super cool um one of our discord pals posted a a remix of what's the song um did you did you watch this or listen to the song or watch the video oh uh, uh, no ah fuck what was it i don't know it was one of those like uh uh oh the playtime song uh Baby, I heard you like to freak. So come oh, out yeah. and play with me. Um, but they like dubbed over Violent J talking about f- having furry sex. <laughs> having sex in oh, a first year. Yeah, so it was like oh, the, the, the furry remix of this song. And it was, it was great. It was super fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, uh, ICP uh, Juggalo Furries, which we talked about in the last episode. That's what made me think of that. Right. Yeah, uh, I got a little bit to say about the music in this one. Oh, great. Uh, so, yeah, before we do the samples that I have, uh, I, I I would like you to play your sample again. And I want people to listen for how Violent J raps in triplets over a 4-4 time, Ooh. which I don't believe is swung. So there's this two against three. So typically in music... Uh, in most pop music, there's a like a one and two and three and four and, but you can take any beat or any collection of beats and divide them in three instead of two. So instead of one and, it would be one and a one and a two and a three and a four and a. So in this mm-hmm. one, you know, uh, no red Fred, he does not forgive. No, after you meet Fred, you don't live. No, with Fred, you get no other chance. No, it's like da 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 da. da. It's almost like limerick like. Yeah. Um, but it's over a 4 4 beat. So play that uh, sample again that you played before and listen for the sort of lilting mm-hmm. of uh, Violet J's flow. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, like uh, he goes like the chorus comes in earlier than he's done with the line. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. So it has this two against three effect, which is one of my favorite sounds. Um, And it's sort of sound like I don't know if I can um, maybe I'll do it with snaps. Uh, But, uh, you know, if you have one snap going. One and two yeah, like that. And then the other one going, I can't snap that fast. Fuck. Okay. Uh, I wish I could just, okay, I'll, I'll turn my mic and I'll, I'll tap on the table here. So it sounds like, um, you know, if the two is going one, two, three, four, and then the right hand is going. And then if you put them together, it goes. 
So there's two Come different subdivisions going on. There. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like a it's a fun sound, especially in the context of hip hop, because you don't get to hear you get to hear like a lot of lazy flow, but not necessarily like a straight up two against three yeah, polyrhythm, especially from fun. ICP. It's been a lot Especially of lazy flow on some of their earlier albums. And I think the f- the fact that he's doing these triplets makes some of the forced rhythms in this kind of more fun. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll forgive it because you're doing something technical. Right. Yeah. Um, don't ever think Fred only playing. Nah, face Fred and ain't no use in praying. Nah, Fred enjoys all that. Ho- uh, Fred enjoys all that ho ass crying. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like, like, um, there's like it doesn't extra always fit, syllable. but it's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. 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 Good job. Um, did you did you have some sound samples you want to listen to for this one? Yeah. So there's like it's either a super low bass guitar or a, or a super low piano, but I really like how it sounds. So mm. listen for that. Is your agony source? Yeah. Fred's punishment's void of remorse. Yeah. Your bloodshed is like a Yeah, it kind of sounds like a piano bass that's been uh like uh pitch shifted way down. Yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of uh, warbly and a little out of tune. It's I think it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. There's also a fun chop and screw mo- moment uh, oh, from Violent yeah. J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes into the chorus. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's super That's cool. pretty effective. I don't know what it's going for, but I think it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what effect it's doing, but it's effect effective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm just, just anytime there's an effect to use, uh, like a music, like a technical musical effect, I'm just going to say that's very effective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a literal joke. basis. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go on to the next song. Fury yeah. with exclamation mark. A symbol of anger strong as a tornado Of toxic pollution is rocking my cradle And shocking me is the impact of his fist Tri- Triplets again Yeah There we go Fight back, fight back Yeah um, So like I said that's that's triplets again But it's faster triplets and then in the chorus, it strays from the, the triplets and it goes, um, uh, fight back, fight back, fight back, fight back, fight back. So it's like, it's going back into, it's groups of three, but they're in time and they're not in triplets. It's, it's a cool, it's put together pretty smart, I think. Yeah, I like the production on this album pretty well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the story on this on this song, I got in my home and I ran in my room. I cut off the lights and the pressure consumed me. Wet is my face from the tears in my eyes. Um, blah, 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 blah. He's cocking a shotgun. Um, the te- his tears are falling on it. Uh, his feelings are hurt. Pitch black is my room disrupted by the glow. Red 665 on the clock radio. There's a lot of 665 imagery on the, the visuals of this album, which is, of course, like right before 666 or, you know, one less. Yep. Uh, illuminating the shadows sprawled out on the wall the scariest imagery i've ever saw 
A symbol of anger strong as a tornado of toxic pollution is rocking my cradle and shocking me is the impact of his fist. It woke me up to the simple fact that I'm pissed. So I guess, I guess Fred, Red Fred like punches you and then you realize um, I'm pissed. I don't have to take this anymore. Yeah. It's like, wouldn't you rather feel angry than depressed? Yeah. Yeah. And then Which is an interesting idea. Yeah. And uh, in the second verse, Violent J says, fuck all that forgiving the other bitch. Uh, bitch, I will murder your mother, bitch. Um, so that's like explicitly uh, the opposite of the idea of like turning the other cheek. Um, yeah. And then later on in the song, how long can you hate me until we see fire? Beat me till we see my patience expire. How long do you think you can treat me like shit till you screw up and I screw your head off your neck? How far do you think that elastic can stretch till I'm shooting your head through my basketball net? It slaps on the pavement, all fleshly and wet, till I run up and punt that hunk of shit, which has some really good imagery, and I like how it just like silly. I mean, it's it's very sincere, and he's saying some very uh, serious, communicating very serious ideas, but the ways he's expressing them are like he knows it's, it's like kind of silly. It's very Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually have a sound like a sound sample of that because there are some hilarious sound effects Ooh. <laughs> some fully work yeah let's see fury fury fun sound effects is that the one yes yeah why do you think that elastic is stretched up i'm shooting your head to my basketball net it slaps on our pavement all fleshy and wet till i run up and pump that <laughs> squish that's squish yeah. sound is good <laughs> yeah but like that whole like how long uh can you do you think you can treat me like shit that just kind of reminds me of um, there's this whole debate that exists in progressive circles um, about where progress comes from and whether yeah. any societal progress can be achieved without some sort of uprising. I mean, yeah. hell, like look at Stonewall. Like it took a riot to kick off the gay rights movement in America. Yeah. Um, and then, hell, there are people who argue that Martin Luther King Jr.'s civil rights movement would not really have accomplished anything if there were not the implicit threat of Malcolm X and the Black Panthers and the, the, uh, the, the right. more violent, like uprising liberation style of, yeah. of uh, movement rather than the explicitly nonviolent. It, it was yeah. almost like, you know, society and the government had a choice. Like, do you want to deal with the guy who is advocating nonviolence or do you want to advocate for the guy who is talking about <laughs> uprising? I, I, this is a weird uh, comparison to make, but I like the idea that the civil rights movement was playing bad cop, good cop with uh, white America. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Basically we can do this the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Fun, fun analogy there, Cam. Yeah. <laughs> a fraught analogy very <laughs> yeah yeah so i think the first song is a little bit more about um self-pity and this one is more about self-pity in the face of external situation right yeah Exter external circumstances so um like you need to stand up for yourself to others exactly um you know, once again, it's like, is this person deserving of <laughs> this much 
vitriol i don't know you know like <laughs> is the person listening to this you know like is this gonna fuel some yeah i don't know yeah once again i don't really understand the appeal and this kind of music isn't necessarily for me the idea that people need an outlet for this really extreme anger and disillusionment that they feel uh yeah it's not relatable to me i like the idea that it someone's fine that they're using this to safely let it out Mm -hmm. but uh hopefully i'm also a little bit suspicious (laughs) yeah i mean i hope it doesn't like convince someone to like actually straight up murder somebody that's been bullying them or something bullying them or something right you know i don't know yeah there's there's i don't know icp is treading on some interesting moral grounds here on this album um and raising a lot of big questions that they haven't really raised on some of their, uh, more recent albums. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's this great line in, um, in this song. It's just like a little throwaway, but that check your ass never clears, bitch. It's like a reference to that, that (laughs) phrase, like you're writing checks, your ass can't catch or cash. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pretty good. All right, what what next? We covered the first three songs that are sort of a suite. What do you want to talk about next? Well, um, let's let's talk about Game Over. Okay, that's an interesting one. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. My life is the monitor. My body's the remote. Do I leave this chair? No, don't own a pair of shoes or coat. I go through thousands of friends. They all live in my headset. Reset. How many lives do I get? Am I dead? You put your mother so far in debt. She had to sell your grandmother's jewelry. Start a fucking game. You have zero pigmentation in your skin. When's the last time you got some- Yeah, so this is a song about a gamer who... Yeah, an adult gamer. Right. Call of Duty hooked me. I beat the game and ain't cheat once in just three months it took me. Eyes wide open. They thought I died at the TV. They shook me. Mom cooked for me, took a look, mistook me for a Wookiee. That's some intricate rhymes. I like that. I stayed. I have a sound sample of that because I liked yeah, it. <laughs> I'll play that in a second. Um, but the the most disgusting part of this gamer is I stayed and put the poop and pee and snot whatnot in jars and screwed the top tight. Go through a lot. It's not right. In sight. <laughs> So <laughs> gross. Uh, here's that. Here's that. Uh, Wookie sound sample. If I can find it, there it is. I like the uh, the Mario sounds in the background too. <laughs> yeah, the the video game like Easter eggs are pretty. <laughs> pretty delightful yeah. in this song in an otherwise gross and upsetting song which yeah. i think is kind of what saves it i agree yeah it, it adds a lot of levity this is kind of like that classic uh icp character sketch of just like a really disgusting dude um <laughs> yeah and it's like i can't really tell how much of this song is meant to be a joke and how much of it is they think is like a morality tale or a criticism of people who play too much video games. I mean, I definitely think it's supposed to be taken seriously. You think so? Yeah. I think the extent to which it's uh, a joke is a hurt is a specifically hurtful joke on purpose. I see another year, another day spent in mama's basement. So much hair. Don't know where my face went and mama pays rent. 
And then later yeah. on, a warrior on the screen, but don't pull my plug or you'll find me stuck in my chair, a worthless slug. Uh, something that I, that I think is interesting and worth pointing out about this song. We were talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> the, you know, someone being a pussy as being bad or being gay as being bad, like these threats to masculinity in this song, uh, in, in other songs and earlier on in their discography. That's something they still haven't gotten. They haven't grown out of that yet. And yeah, science point to know for <laughs> whether they will ever, <laughs> um, ever, but, uh, that continues in this song in some interesting ways. Um, so, uh, the, this pr- person is a man who is being supported by a woman. Um, and it's, it's a little bit shaming him for taking advantage of her, but I think it's also just like, also just like, well, you're being, um, you're a man and you're be- all your bills are being paid for by a woman. Right. Um, like, like you don't have, it's an emasculating thing. And that's like what the song is trying to communicate. Um, and also it keeps hammering home this, like, uh, at the very beginning of that sound sample was fuck Judy and her fat booty call of duty hooked me. Um, not meaning I fucked Judy, the person like we had sex, but it's like, forget her. Right. Uh, uh, because I'm too busy playing video games to have sex. Um, and then it keeps coming back over and over again. Like you, you obviously don't have it together because you aren't, um, having sex with women. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way that there's that like back and forth where there are people criticizing this character, this person. Yes. And he, the only way he responds is like, start the fucking game. Let's get a game going. And, and one of the choruses, someone says, don't you have any desire at all to at least fuck some pussy once in your life? And his response is, who want a game? Yeah. Yeah. So they like specifically shame him for what you're, what you're exactly what you're talking about. The emasculation. Yeah. And apparently Uh, this character uh, does masturbate quite a bit. Yes, this is not this is not an asexual right <laughs> character. We're not led to believe that this character is not pursuing sex because they're uninterested. It's because they are completely out of control. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, again, it almost feels a, a bit like victim blaming. Um, I don't actually know specifically the science of like video game addiction and to what extent that right. is actually real. Um, but I do know that companies spend a lot of money on per- like purposefully to make games addictive. It's like weaponized psychology, the kind of thing that Facebook deploys yeah. against its users and then like clash right. of clans and like all those, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, it's not, um, like microtransaction games. Um, right. Yeah. So, I forget where I was going with that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know the actual science behind that addiction, but this does kind of feel like maybe a little victim blaming. Cause this person could really use some help, you know, like it's, they're obviously addicted to video games if anyone is. And yes, I don't know. Like, I wonder if there's some suggestion that this person might be on the spectrum in some way. And if that's right. true, then I think ICP is being really shitty. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say because this person isn't specifically hurting anyone other than um, maybe, you know, swearing at kids on the Internet Mm -hmm. and (laughs) putting his mom into debt and putting his mom into debt. 
Um, so yeah, it's not like this is a, it's not like this is a person who's struggling with addiction and is doing, uh, atrocities because of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, Oh, this is like, uh, embarrassing and shameful. Um, so yeah, I, I also wonder, you know, like the demographic that they're reaching out to, you know, like there are a lot of, uh, I mean, less and less these days, but there are a lot of, um, misfits who, who seek to escape in video games. And I wonder, yeah, like I'm kind of surprised that violent J and, uh, shaggy two dope are like, I kind of imagine that there are guys who just play a bunch of video games. Yeah. I I would (laughs) be really surprised if they didn't play a bunch of video games. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. And I'm sure like there's a lot of juggalo gamers and yeah, it's just like, it's gotta be right. Who writes this song and why it sounds like some suburban dad writing this song, which I guess violent J is now. Um, right. Yeah. So it's kind of disappointing. Um, I mean, I, I do think this is a, a very strong ICP album and I, I like it a lot. Uh, there are some disappointing moments like this one. Yeah. I wonder if this isn't trying to for, I, I don't feel very strongly one way or the other, other than I think that it's interesting that they're choosing to do this. Um, I wonder if they're saying, I wonder if they feel some sort of res- sense of responsibility and if, uh, <laughs> over the, like their, uh, their audience and they're like, Hey, just to make it clear, we don't think it's cool. If you're like wasting your life playing video games, like knock that shit off. Mm. And if in the language of, uh, ICP, if this is, uh, maybe even potentially a loving th- intervention for them to have this in their music, you know, maybe. it's like, Hey, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to say how the music inter- interacts with the culture <laughs> I, I, as we are being outsiders to the juggalo culture. Right. Like, cause you're talking about like forgiving, you know, these violent, the violence in these songs and the, the misogyny of these songs because of, because they're all within the context of a community that is like reaching out and pulling people together. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wonder if this song has a place in, in that, in that same way. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. What an interesting band. I think yeah. I also like, like them in smaller doses rather than just listening to 14 of their albums in a row. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay you want to talk about um what night of red rum sure i don't have much to say about it okay but, <laughs> yeah but we should talk about it it's my heart pounds like thunder snuff out the sun and let the dark spell come the night of red rum has begun we have dead rum oh man that chorus fucking rules this is this is one I'm of not the, super into it. Really? I, I mean, f- the words of it rule. I don't know if musically I, it's that much of a bop, but um, I really appreciate the what they're doing with the lyrics. Um, so this is one yeah. of those classic ICP rampage songs. It's the night of the axe, um, but this time uh, there's a skit at the end of the la- of the end of game over actually, which is the previous track where this dude is like in a cemetery and he wants to bang this girl, but he says she has like a dog face or something. 
And so he wants to get drunk so he doesn't notice or his standards lower or whatever. And so he, all he sees is a bottle labeled red rum. And so he just chugs it. He's like, yeah, this will get me drunk. And then it puts him on this rampage. Um, so that's a classic ICP rampage song, but I really like what they do in the chorus. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. If you're in need of some bleeding fun and then the background vocals say red rum, yum, red rum, black sun, bedlam. And then the la, the other, the next line is Lapa Gika Lapa Zun so needed I'm speaking tongues. Um, <laughs> I think this is like one of the more effective, uh, uh, one of the more effective uses of nonsense in ICP. Well, yes. on purpose uh, nonsense words in ICP songs. I really like that. And I just like Red Rum Yum Red Rum Black Sun Bedlam. <laughs> I really like that. I, I think. Uh, I think I appreciate their use of the word bedlam and it kind of surprises that me. It's a good vocab word for ICP. Yeah. That's uh, well used. Yeah, I, I agree. And red rum yum is just like, <laughs> that's like, that's like, <laughs> that sums up ICP right there. Red rum yum. juice. Yeah. It's, it's like, so it's treating this like murder things in, in a really f- silly and rhymy way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this song does ha- well. It's one of those rampage songs, so you expect a bunch of tales of this main character committing a bunch of violence against people. Um, but the first two verses are kind of specifically misogynistic violence, and I don't really appreciate that too much. I don't know. Like this is something similar to what we were just talking about on what's in the box weekly, which supporters can listen to. It's our supporter show. Um, but the idea is like representing underprivileged groups in art, um, tends to carry certain responsibilities. And, yes. And, you know, we were talking about it in the context of uh, a movie that has a lot of buffoons in it. And so a trans woman who in a character is a buffoon and you don't want it to be that the tra- her transitioning is the buffoonery or is part of her buffoonery right. in the same way. I don't want the violence to be specifically because she's a woman or directed at her in a specifically like uh, gendered way. Right. I would hope, <laughs> I would hope that ICP would be equal opportunity murderers. that's that's the world i want to live in (laughs) yeah um but Uh, this also reminds me of like you know the trope um the story writing trope kill your gaze the idea that like uh i haven't heard that you know this one well uh a bunch of people i've heard murder um, your darlings kill kill your gaze as in homosexuals gaze um uh although i don't know if the term homosexual is a good one to use anymore because it was originally a diagnosis. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of uh, that. It was yeah, in the DSM for a long time, like way longer than it should have been. Right. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so what was, Oh yeah. Kill your gaze is this idea that um, r- story writers don't know how to uh, write um uh, gay relationships or queer relationships that last and develop. So they just will kill gay characters <laughs> or have uh. them die. Um, this was leveled at uh, Griffin 
um, in the adventure zone for the first sort of gay relationship in the story. He had, uh, he had the gay characters die and then he uh. got a bunch of heat for it. And then he found a way to write around it. Um, this was also leveled at, uh, uh spoiler alerts, um, Star Trek Discovery, um, because there is an, uh, the first gay relationship, uh, in, as far as I know, Star Trek, uh, at least TV Star Trek history, mm-hmm. um, there is a, a death in, in that relationship. And then, you know, now the developers of the TV show are saying like, no, we're working around it. We know about the trope, but it's like, okay, if you're having these like super action packed, you know, like, uh, uh, life or death scenarios and you want to have gay characters, you might need to have gay characters die. Yeah. You you can't just have invincible gay characters, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I see the point of the criticism it's though. It, it's oh, like totally. A, and I totally agree. Yeah. It's like a cousin of, um, uh, fridging a woman. Have you heard that one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're using like the death or, uh, you know, otherwise dismemberment or trauma of a woman character as a, as a plot point in the male story. It's, it's like, also in the adventure zone. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Oh, in Magnus? Yeah, that's Magnus's whole story, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The bad, the bad guy killed the whole town, though. Right. I don't yeah, know. That's true. It's, yeah, it's, it's more complicated than that. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say, like, in, when it's earned, like, using someone else's death or trauma uh, in, yeah. in a different character's story. whether Because I feel like you can do it. It can be earned sometimes, but there are definitely some more I think flippant ways. For like the, uh, I I think the the best way usually to avoid this kind of thing is to double up on your rep- representation. If you have to kill a gay character, make it so that's not the only gay character. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say also make them black. No, no, I don't. Because <laughs> that's another I mean, trope yes, of like the black character reasons. dying in the horror movies too. <laughs> Right, right. You know, it's like it's not a problem necessarily if that's not the only black character or if it's not the only gay character, you know, yeah. or if you're going to have a trans character who's a villain, have like another trans character, right. you know, like don't have the only if if you only have tokens, um, then you're going to limit yourself and you're going to commit some tropes. Uh, have your have your movie have token white people. Like in <laughs> Black Panther, where there's yeah. like two main white characters. Um, and one of them's like yeah. the comic relief, which is a right. nice like, uh, you, inversion of the usual. Then you can, you can afford to have a diversity of, you know, black folks playing uh, different kinds of roles, some of which are like bad and some of which are good, some villainous, some heroic, because there's it's mostly black people so you can do that yeah anyway yeah. that's a huge uh spillover from what's in the box weekly but right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it's coming up but, in icp yeah i th- i of. think it does relate to this because yeah they're like murdering um to bring it back to this they're murdering everyone in these songs and then it's like well yeah every time they murder women it's like oh yeah, the first one is, I don't know, it's not quite as phrased in a bad way. It's not great, but the second one is where it gets really kind of awful. 
um, because he he runs into a sex worker and he says, you and luck, slut, come with me to my truck. But I chucked her in the dumpster, punched her, stomped her, puncture ice pick, 30-time monster, camel clutch, bent the bitch all the way back until the slut snapped the back of her head tucked in her butt crack. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> rough. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it a little better that it's like, you know, cartoony, kind of. Yeah. As opposed to like seeming like a more realistic depiction of violence against sex workers, but uh, not enough. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the last song on the album. Well, the second to last and the last song, because ICP does something unprecedented. They have a trigger warning. Uh, it's this, yeah. it's this track on this album called beware with an exclamation point. I like it rough. The final track of the fearless Fred Fury album is the most disturbing work of their entire career because of the sadistic sexual nature and the extreme violent content that follows... So they have their, uh, their announcer voice, who is also in the intro, say, Beware. The members of ICP feel the very next song, I Like It Rough, is the most disturbing work of their entire career. Because of the sadistic sexual nature and the extreme violent content that follows, they wish to advise a warning, continue listening at your own risk. Right. Which is not something I would have ever expected ICP to do. We, we've we literally said in the past, like made this joke, like, should they make trigger warnings before every song? Like yeah. T-Pain or ICP or like, you know, because it's this idea of like consent, you know, and it's like you're consenting to it by listening to it. Right. You know, like <laughs> we're not like we've been talking about this. And then, yeah, lo and behold, like they literally do it. Yeah. Um, and so they do it for this song called I Like It Rough. I'd like to show you black magic, fear, pain, and red rum in a sexual bedlam that could make the dead Cameron, so, all right, well, let, let's talk a little bit about, about this song. Uh, the chorus is what you know about romance, what you know about sex, what do you know about suffering and gag reflex, what you know about reaching your peak and inches of death, what you know about climax causing your last breath. It kind of goes on like that. Um, and the verses uh, get kind of explicit with the kinds of activities that this character is talking about. Well, hey, run away with them blood red lips. I'd like to drink you in slowly, relish them sips. I'd like to smother your shine, be your eternal eclipse. That's pretty figurative language. But then they get into, I'd like to hang you and stab you, shower in and absorb your drips. Well, hey, run away with that blood red thong. I'd like to snatch you up and murder fuck you like King Kong. I'd like to scare you, boo boo. You know, you know how King Kong does that. <laughs> yeah. You know how he murder fucks people. Ah, uh, those classic uh, universal monster movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd like to scare you, boo boo, gut your skin and out and wear you. I'd like to tear you in half, study inside and compare you. Um, I'd like to to receive your stab wounds in my belly and gush. I'd like to tranquilize you, surprise, realize I'm inside you. Uh, I'd like to cook you and eat you, shit you out, and then eat you again. I'd like to show you black magic, fear, pain, and red rum <laughs> in a sexual bedlam that could make the dead come, which is the ending of come. the sound sample you heard. Uh, so, Cameron, let me ask you a simple question. Is this any worse than anything ICP has done before? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> 
if anything, it's better because um, he's, you know, he's like, I want to choke you with your panties. Then you choke me with your panties. It's so <laughs> consensual. My throat with your thong. Yeah. yeah. It's like. It's he's, like so clearly a fantasy and so clearly mutual. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, it's he's just talking about getting kinky, like some light bondage, um, some some fairly heavy gore play, I guess. Um, but it's like it's pretty explicitly consensual. He's offering, I'd like to do these things, and then the next verse, he's like, "Let me choke you with your panties, then you can choke me with your panties." Yeah, and it's yeah, it's like. Uh, I don't know why they felt like they had to put a trigger warning here. Do you uh, want to uh, want me to fuck you while my dick is on fire? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. That's Cameron. painful for both of them. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a very um, yeah. There's a lot of like uh, Baudelaire moments in here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to receive your stab wounds in my belly and gush. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what the, the big deal is. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why they chose to do a trigger warning before this. Um, <laughs> like this outro, ha, huh, just to know, uh, just know to bust, we must lust is lust us, in us and we bust, and we dust. bust dust. What does we bust dust mean? Uh, I just, it seems like, like a dust to dust, we return and come. Oh, <laughs> wait. Some, I thought it was like some sort of or, odd ejaculation kind of thing. That, like you well, should probably yeah. go to the doctor if you're it ejaculating kinda, Have dust. you ever read Maurice Sendak's uh, In the Night Kitchen? Yes, I have. Uh, Does that you kid know, ejaculate all singing, dust? I'm in the milk and the milk's in me. God bless milk and God bless me. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> there's a great there's a great page of that where he has a measuring like a big measuring cup on his head like a hat like a davy crockett hat mm-hmm. yeah um and he's got uh, get, and uh, and he's naked you see his ding dong he's got his ding dong out this is like a little boy yeah. <laughs> this is a children's book with a naked boy penis in it yeah uh and he's on top of a giant milk jug and he and he's got his arms like a chicken and he's uh and this is and then mickey says <laughs> cockadoodle dude you get it yeah <laughs> it's the funniest thing like i've ever seen in a kid's book uh that's pretty great uh yeah. cameron you see them thumbtacks yes them for my balls insert them hurt them <laughs> murder them bitches dig in your claws i like it bite them ignite them see, boot them shoot them and stab them he's calling his balls bitches yeah that's uh pretty progressive quick <laughs> saw him off my dick i give the shit bitch you can have them Take that Phillips screwdriver. Does that look like a Phillips? <laughs> I'm sorry, runaway. Yo, stick it in my dick hole. Yes. Now grab that nail gun, plug it in, shot off him. Uh, it hurts, runaway. Oh, God, I love you. Here I come. <laughs> so there's, oh, a, there's a mansplaining like joke in here that like, <laughs> that's not what a Phillips is. Yeah. Does that look like a Phillips to you? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's pretty funny. And <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good goof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right so this like most icp albums this one's over an hour long it's actually specifically 69 minutes long nice um i maybe let's just talk about one more song we're not going to talk about all of these we've moved past those days (laughs) yes we have especially Um, because there's 17 i'd be i'd be kind of interested to talk about satellite because 
it's one of their classic, like, kind of positivity songs. Yeah. Um, but I think it's one of the better ones. It's kind um, of mysteriously well-written. Let's talk about that. Let's yeah. end on, like, a positive note. Yeah. And I gotta go pick up my kid. Yeah, so that's a really catchy chorus. It is. It's a it's a well sung chorus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so rare for ICP. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Um. Yeah, and I like the bleeps and bloops I, in the production of this song. Some good shit there. Uh, so it starts off, your life's shitty. Wow, is that what you said, man? Try and tell that to a dead man. In the red, man. Stressed in the head, man. No bitch in the bed. Yeah, I've been there. Well, let me try to steer you up there, Sabu. That'll cheer you up, sad fool. You got kids that love you, and if not, no. You got a roof above you, and if not, no. Uh, basically, they like run down the list, and it goes, you still got a lot, a little spot, a little cot, a little pot. Tube socks. The dude on the block is sleeping on two rocks, and you got more than him in that shoebox. You got a best friend and dude rocks. <laughs> So load the jukebox and do a few a few shots because you ain't got a tombstone like Tupac. So it's uh, it's kind of the classic like, um, you know, you. It's Dayenu. It would have been enough. What's that? It's Dayenu. It would have been enough. Dayenu. Have you ever been to like a Seder a Passover dinner? Um, actually, I haven't. It's it's part of the. Well, you should go because you love latkes. <laughs> I do love. <laughs> I don't like Manischewitz particularly well. <laughs> I've only been to I've only been to a few Seder dinners. I've only had to try Manischewitz once, but the rest of the time I've had great wine. Oh, so. awesome! Okay, uh, and a bunch of other delightful snacks um, that were very spiritual. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, part of the Haggadah is, I think, a really beautiful part, uh, and they say. Um, you know, you have the five stanzas of leaving slavery. So it's the 15 stanzas and it's the 15 gifts that God bestows. Um, and it, the, I'm reading them here. You, everyone said, or the, the person reading the Haggadah says, if he had brought us out of Egypt, then everyone says, Dainu, it would have been enough. If he had executed justice upon the Egyptians, Dainu, it would have been enough. If he had executed, he goes on and on. Wait, is Dainu like, the Hebrew the word that means it would have been enough? It would have been enough. Okay, so exactly. Like you say the yeah, Hebrew so word and then the translation. Like, Got it. Yeah, like we have been delivered in all of these ways. Um, we're grateful for all of them. We don't feel entitled to all of them or any of them. Like, you know, like these. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a beautiful, beautiful thing. Like it's this humbling and i feel like this song is like a very silly version of that right (laughs) yeah yeah like you're alive you got a best friend and dude rocks yeah (laughs) you're alive you might not you know have kids that love you but you have all these other things you have you have legs you got a (laughs) cot you you ain't getting beat down and shot you got a little pot (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and then the the chorus goes bless me with the sight of a satellite I can't always see from here. Can't always see clear from down here. Bless me with the sight of a satellite. I can't always see from here. The bigger picture disappears, which is that's like, that's pretty, pretty that's beautiful. Well written. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. ICP. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to like take that cliche of, you know, not seeing the bigger picture and very literalize it and make it fresh again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like a, I would expect to hear something like that in like a Kendrick Lamar song or something. Like it's like a good chorus. It's good poppy, but like actually meaningful, not just like tonight. Uh, let's party. Right. <laughs> like it's our last night alive or something. Yeah. You know? Um, and um, then, so, yeah. so that's like the first verse in the first chorus. And then we get, uh, Shaggy with his version of YOLO. Basically he says, freedom shouldn't be taken for granted. Or in my opinion, you deserve a dick implanted in your rectal hole and another in your cocksucker because you a cocksucker motherfucker. <laughs> okay. I, I have a sample of that. If you oh. want to play it, it's pretty <laughs> I, funny. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll play it. I don't know if I want to. It's the one that says Shaggy is so dumb. Shouldn't be took it for granted. Or in my opinion, you deserve a ticket planet in your rack to and another in your cocksucker. Cause you are cocksucker, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. I like that he says motherfucker three times in a row. I just, I just think it's really dumb. Yeah. Uh, and another in your cocksucker because you are a cocksucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> 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 it's just like uh overstated and badly put in a way that i think is intentionally funny so yep it's true i mean (laughs) again it's like kind of problematic with what you were talking about earlier in terms of like masculinity and toxic masculinity and all that stuff but yeah i don't know it's he seems very much clowning and Uh, yes it's yeah i think icp is like constantly making us ask the question like how much can they like how much will we allow them to get away with when they're clowning yeah right yep totally Mm -hmm. uh what a good show we do (laughs) is it i don't know how much we actually talked about icp and how much i just went on rambling asides where i talked about vague notions of morality and art Sounds like you're talking about podcast, baby. <laughs> I think I got to call it there. We should uh, wrap this up so I can go pick yeah. up my kid before yeah, yeah. Uh, I get charged. Yeah. Sorry. And I... he gets sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the important things to worry about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I made you stay late. That is my fault. Um, so it's, yeah, you made me. <laughs> um, I forgot what we're doing for the next episode. Do you remember? Ooh. Uh, well, we had I'm an probably. Oh, yeah, there's a new T-Pain we can listen to, which will probably raise similar questions to ICP. Yes. Um, Yeah, so until next week with the the new T-Pain album or mixtape, I think it's a full-on album, I forget. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, tweet us at Topias Podcasts, although probably the best way to interact with us and contact us is the Discord. There will be a link in the show notes. Um, if you could write us a review on iTunes, that would be awesome. It really helps. And if you want to support us directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. And, uh, if you kick us a few bucks, you'll get access to our weekly mini show called what's in the box weekly, which spilled over into the main episode this week. Um, and we'll lend context. Yeah. I'll try to release it around the same time as this main episode comes out so that there's like the context one, two punch as it were. Um, you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast called Get Up in oh, the Cool. I wish you would. It's about you and would. is old time music, which is to say uh, uh, fiddle and banjo, Appalachian folk music, uh, lots of tunes and some songs. 
But but sometimes I got uh, some wild cards on there. Like yeah. uh, last week's episode is uh, Amy Hawkinson, who is a nickel harpist, and we play. I tried to claw hammer banjo some uh, Scandinavian music, and it's super hard and super fun. And she plays some Appalachian tunes on the nickel harpa, which is a Scandinavian key fiddle. So y'all should check that out. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and you see them thumbtacks? Yes, them for my balls. <laughs> um, I've been Cameron Dewitt, and I'm back like a vertebrae. Yeah, just like ICP. Yo. Mr. Skype? Is that you? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> Margaret? Are you there, Skype? Oh, I get it. Because it's the book. I actually don't know anything about that book. I know the title and nothing else. Okay, I guess I knew that. Hmm... Isn't it some like uh, some like, puberty style of book of some kind? A puberty style. Yeah, you know, one of those puberty book, style books. The book starts smelling bad. Uh huh. Starts getting hair in crazy places. Don't you know it? And it starts having nocturnal emissions. <laughs> um, that explains a lot about the condition of my bookshelves. Okay, I got my mic turned on now. Oh, well, that's a good place to start, I guess. Yep. All of those great, great bits are going to be lo-fi. <laughs> yeah. Good thing the bits are so good.